You've just tuned into Beyond Your Past, part of the Mental Health News Radio Network. Welcome back to Beyond Your Past. I'm your host, Matt Pappas, certified life coach specializing in overcoming anxiety and trauma recovery. And this podcast is all about helping you move forward from what holds you back. Each week, you'll hear from coaches, clinicians, and advocates who've overcome tremendous odds and are now using their journey to inspire you throughout yours. This is your place to feel validated and encouraged as you take your life back and live free from your past. Are you ready? Let's do this. Today, I'm honored to welcome back special returning guest and friend, Svava Brooks. Svava is a survivor of child sexual abuse and the co-founder of a nationwide child sexual abuse prevention and education organization in Iceland called Blaut Alfraham. She is also a certified instructor and facilitator for Darkness to Light, as well as a certified crisis intervention specialist and a certified positive discipline parent educator and a certified TRE instructor, as well as an abuse survivor coach. So she wears many hats. She has a heart for survivors. And today we're going to talk about the seven steps that we can do to help move forward when we feel stuck in our healing journey and also about her latest book. It's really an incredible podcast and I can't wait to share it with you. So let's jump right into my chat with Svava Brooks. So hey, Svava, welcome back to the show, my friend. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Thanks again for having me. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. I love sharing your insight. Everything about what you're doing is just so incredibly helpful to so many. You know, your blog, your clients, all the work you're doing um, in your travels and here in the States is just amazing. So I'm always honored to talk with you and to and to share your story to help inspire others, which is what we do here right on the podcast. And today we're going to talk about your new book, which I'm super excited to hear about. But before that, we're going to talk about something that you had written on your blog um, not too long ago. And it's a, it's a topic that so many of us struggle with as survivors of trauma. And that is in your healing journey, why am I stuck? Why am I not moving forward? Like, you know, basically what's kind of holding me back? So why don't we um, jump right into that and we can learn about the seven steps that you've shared in your blog. And we can kind of talk about each one a little bit and elaborate from the uh, survivor point of view. Awesome. Look forward to doing that with you. And I just wanted to say the admiration is mutual, Matt. Just so grateful for you and the work that you're doing and sharing your story and and your message um, just from the bottom of my heart. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So just so honored to be part of what you're doing. So um, so thank you again. And the, the, the blog post that you're referring to, actually, I've, it's interesting. I've shared this blog post a couple of times because it was kind of like, my aha moment, so to speak, right? Um, that I realized for so many years, I had recognized, you know, what trauma had done to my body. I understood trauma. I'd had a lot of people, you know, trying to help me and definitely that had supported me and giving me, you know, the piece of, of the puzzle. But I was still frustrated that I felt like I wasn't making any progress. And kind of the big aha moment came from when I realized it wasn't just enough to know about all these things in my head. It's like, you know, reading all the books and going to a lot of talk therapy. It was actually, how do I bring this into a lived experience? Like, how do I embody all the things that I know are going to help me move through? Because as we know, the only way out of, you know, 
the dealing or living with the impact of trauma is actually working our way through the pain, you know, being clear about how are we, you know, re, uh, reliving, so to speak, our childhood. Um, so it was when I realized I really had to focus on being incredibly intentional about living out of this new uh, worldview, so to speak, if I can say, or like a personal view of myself and how I felt and thought and saw myself. So that was kind of like the big aha. And I've, I try to communicate that to my clients in so many ways. And out of recognizing what that process was for me, I came up with these with these seven steps, which I feel like are what I help my clients through on one, you know, some level all the time. We're always working out of one of these steps. Yeah, absolutely. And I can definitely appreciate the aha moment. I know I've had um, a couple really, really significant ones in my healing. And, um, you know, when you have those, you're like, I mean, it's such an incredible breakthrough because it really kind of helps put so much into perspective. It really kind of helps drive you to keep moving forward. And you're just like, wow, you know, now I understand the importance of, you know, all the stuff that I've been trying to figure out for so long and how it all fits together. And so when you, when you talk about an aha moment, I always smile because I'm like, yeah, I've had a few of those. And, you know, <laughs> it, it's not something to worry. It, it happens all the time, of course. But man, when it does, it's just like, wow, like, you know, everything just suddenly clicks and it's amazing. Exactly. And just like you said, it's it's like, it's like the knowledge has been there just kind of kicking around in your head. But then one day it just clicks, like right. the gears just kind of align up and it lines up. I say when it clicks, it kind of, to me is when it lines up with my heart, um, is this inner knowing in my heart of hearts that, oh, so that's what that means. It's like this, you know, it, it, it's, it's hard to put into words, but it becomes, like I said, this embodied awareness, like, oh, I can see how I'm going to live out of this new uh, point of view, this new belief, or let's just say, you know, I'm going to explore this new belief, this new possibility for myself. And again, because I'd had all these helpful people telling me how to do it or what to do, but it was so hard to find someone that actually modeled that process. And so, and that's another thing that I'm very intentional about when I work with my clients, I explain to them why we're doing things. And even when they feel like the session was just, we were just talking about it, I will always explain to them what's happening behind the scenes, like the things that I know we're working on, but they may not be clear to them yet. Um, that, you know, a lot of it is what's, on, what's not being said. And so it, it helps my clients understand like I said, when we feel like we're going, okay, two steps forward, but then we go one step backwards, that's actually normal. And that's actually part of the process and recycling through something that you're now ready to shift out of. So, but if we go to the, the steps, um, the first one is to establish safety. I mean, you know how big of an issue or safety is for us. I don't know if you want to touch mm -hmm. upon that before I share more. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was talking about this on on a recent podcast with with another guest, and she had mentioned the exact thing, which is number one here on your list, of course, which is the established safety. And it's until you feel safe in all aspects of moving forward, you know, in your own healing journey, you're going to struggle and you're going to have setbacks and you're not going to move forward. And, you know, uh, feeling safe isn't just feeling safe 
in your therapist office, although that's super important, of course, as we know, you know, or with your coach or your helping professional, but it's also feeling safe in your own abilities and in the people that you surround yourself with and all aspects of you feeling confident and secure in what you're about to, um, you know, to uh, undertake. Exactly. And, and just like you said, it's, and, and it's so important because we, we won't, even we won't be able to shift or change into something new, you know, our body just won't, won't let it happen because our bodies, and we'll talk a little more about our bodies. I'm huge about talking about, you know, what a brilliant and helpful partner in the healing journey our body is, is that your body has known how to keep you safe up until this point. But many of us don't even know what actual feeling safe looks like, feels like, and sounds like. So really working on, you know, what safety is and in safety in your body and to start to notice, like you said, in your partnership with your, your helping professional, um, notice your connection with that person. Notice how your body responds, you know, or feels like when it is tapping into relaxing a little bit into possible safety because actually relaxing is very hard for us in the beginning because we are we we're on guard constantly we're not gonna you know let our guard down because that's how we got hurt so knowing and trusting that process and learning to recognize the safety in it even when in the beginning it doesn't feel safe to change it doesn't feel it feels incredibly risky to venture on this journey so there's a lot of kind of subtle pieces to navigate, but helping victims of assault and trauma and abuse understand how important that is. And it's kind of your birthright to recognize, you know, your safety in your own body. And um, and we keep going back there. Like I just want to say right now, we'll go through the seven steps, but then it's like this is a circular thing. We will always keep revisiting safety because as we grow and heal, we're always pushing our comfort zone and the boundaries. And just like you said, we will first practice safety and healing in the safe place with a therapist, but then there comes a time when we start to practice this with the real world, right? Oh, absolutely. And as you're as you're talking here and I'm reading over the list and thinking to myself, I think it's super important to reiterate the fact that you're right you know, um, you go through steps one through seven, but you're going to go back and revisit safety and you're going to go back and revisit various parts of these and not, you know, and not necessarily the same order, but always understanding that just, just because you go through something once doesn't mean that it's one and done. It's just like when I, um, talk about going through the grieving process, you know, when you are, um, grieving your past or grieving a loved one or whatever, there are the normal steps in, in the grieving process, but, but that doesn't mean that when you're done, it's over. You know, there are you go back and you revisit the denial and the anger and the acceptance and all all these different types of things and the bargaining. And, you know, you go back and forth in these because it's important to understand that going through this process is not linear, nor is it a one time thing. So I love that we're starting out and establishing that. And, of course, also establishing the safety factor, because that's really the, uh, the foundation of everything when you're when you're working forward in a healing journey. Exactly. And, and I remind, you know, my clients and anybody on the healing journey is that, you know, recognize that your resistance to change or resistance to exploring new things is and has 
what's kept you safe. So it's, 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 it's also a way to start to look at ourselves in our journey and, and, and appreciate ourselves differently, to be kinder to ourselves and recognize, I understand you don't want to, you're not ready to talk about your inner child or even connect with your body because it just hasn't been safe. And that's okay. So let's just honor that. Let's honor your timing and let's honor your truth. I mean, there's nothing more authentic and real and helps to establish safety than you really honoring exactly where you are at in this very moment. And we're not going to push through and do anything you're not ready or willing or feel safe to do, period. It's a perfect segue into step number two. Once you find yes. yourself that you're safe and you've established, um, you know, where you're at now and you've got all of the, all of the pieces in place to start moving forward, the next thing you do is develop courage. Let's talk about developing courage after we know that we're safe. Yes. Um, and courage is, is one of my favorites actually, um, because you know, when you, when I celebrate my clients and tell them they're so courageous, you know, a lot of them will cringe at first because it's hard for us to see that we're courageous as, as survivors. But I talk to them, it's like, listen, your willingness to heal, your willingness to show up, your willingness to do what you know is going to be hard and scary is what is going to develop into courage. And I promise you, sooner than later, you too will see what I see and you will look in the mirror and say, wow, I can't believe I did this. I am courageous. So developing courage is, you know, where we get to celebrate and really see the strength that we are developing as human beings with, you know, as we go through this process. So I love talking about courage. Absolutely. And, um, I found that developing courage, once I got to a point where I could embrace it and actually start to do it and see the courage that I had, um, you know, it's one thing for, for someone to point it out to you. And as you mentioned, when you tell your clients that, you know, how well they're doing and how brave they are and, and you know, all these things that, that they kind of cringe at first. And, you know, I did the same thing when I worked with, with a helping professional, especially in, in the beginning, she would tell me all these things. You're a survivor. You're courageous. You're amazing. You know, you're doing all this hard work. You're ready to move forward. And I would literally almost cringe. And I, I would like sink into the, into the depths of the couch and hold a pillow and just be like, are you kidding me? Like, I couldn't see it. But man, once you can see it and you start to see how, how courageous you are just to even show up every day and then to keep fighting. And then you, you start to see that when you start to put in practice all the things um, that you're doing on, on a daily basis just to survive and just to move forward, and you start to celebrate every one of those little wins, then it becomes like a uh, contagious, you know, in a very good way, um, you know, feeling of being courageous. I mean, it really does, and that can really help drive you forward. Yes, exactly. And it, and it is that willingness to, you know, like I said, do whatever it takes, willingness to, to you know, to, to, to let the people around you know when you don't feel safe, willingness to t reach out for support when you don't feel like doing this anymore, willingness to you know, talk about the pain, willingness to, to accept what happened to you. I mean, that's a big one. Willingness to recognize the impact of the abuse, willingness to recognize your coping, even though how brilliant uh, strategy it may have been for your body, it's perhaps now getting in the way of you of having a healthy life and healthy relationships. So willingness, 
covers a lot and it is it takes an enormous courage to choose the path of healing and choose the path of keep going even when things get hard so i am constantly you know celebrating my clients and reminding them of how incredibly strong they are and that this this is also where they will um find their gift that they will see wow i I can't believe i did that but just because i was willing i can now see yeah that's that took courage and i'm pretty strong Absolutely. And I always remind my clients and anytime I, I get a chance to work with, with survivors, just how strong they really are, how how resilient they are, how courageous they are. And, you know, once you start to embrace that man, is it that's that's powerful in, in itself when you really just start to believe that, yeah, I have I have been through a lot and I have come a long way and I work through a lot of things on on a daily basis just to survive. But the fact that I'm still here means that I haven't given up and that's courage in and of itself. So the next one, uh, create mindfulness practice. So let's let's talk about how mindfulness can help us in our in, in our healing journey moving forward. Yes, um, mindfulness is kind of a tricky thing, right? <laughs> it's like, what do you mean? You want my mind to be at peace? There's, that's right. so far from the truth, right? It's like right. Um, so understanding, you know, what mindfulness is and how important mindfulness can be in helping us accepting and connecting, reconnecting with all our parts and reconnecting with our body because the body is really our biggest ally and biggest team key player in the healing journey. Um, It is the part of you that uh, brilliantly kept you safe. Your biology, your nervous system is, is hardwired to keep you safe. Um, and it's also the part of you that knows the truth that will um, keep the secrets and the feelings until we are ready to heal. Um, and like I remind my clients constantly is that, listen, when we were children, your body did what it, it was meant to do and beautifully does for adults too. When we are under attack or perceive a threat, you will disconnect. Uh, but the, the thing is, if we stay disconnected for the rest of our lives, it becomes toxic to our body because your body will continue to hold on to the pain and the energy and the discomfort. Um, so reconnecting with your body, which is, you know, in mindfulness, we talk about being present, the awareness of what is happening to your body while it's happening. and and not judge ourselves and be kind and supportive and trust the process. And that's so important in the healing journey to understand the things that you're going through. Sometimes because when you're, when you're in the middle of feeling the hard feelings, you may not know this is not a process I'm willing to trust, but to, to understand how the mindfulness part can help you recognize, oh, I'm actually having a really hard feeling right now. And what would be really helpful is instead of thinking I need to hide and beat myself up for this, is to just to breathe through this, recognize if this is too big, then maybe I need to reach out to some support, some another human, another body that can help me recognize what's going on with me and to help me calm back down so I can be present. And to learn this awareness of the present moment 
name what you're feeling, name where you're feeling it in your body, and just accept it. Just accept it because it's just, <clears throat> it's just needs to be accepted, seen, and heard so you can let it go. Otherwise, we just keep recycling it, and then it just kind of fuels that shame and self-hatred inside of us. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And connecting with your body in a non-judgmental way, like that is so key. And that was, that was hard for me at first when I first even learned what, what mindfulness was. And I was like, okay, you know, well, I don't want to be mindful because, you know, uh, being mindful equates to pain and to misery and to suffering and to anxiety. And so I had to learn how to, to let whatever emotions were going to come and be present in, in, in a non-judgmental way and say, yes, I'm, I'm having a good day. I'm having a bad day. This feeling is, is not very good. Or, you know, this feeling feels wonderful and just breathing into each one of those, allowing them to come and go as they do really helps foster that, that uh, feeling of being safe. And it helps you continue to uh, develop courage because the more you do it and the more you are, are able to connect without judging yourself man, that just is really empowering because once you, once you get that light bulb moment of doing it once, then you can see how, how amazingly powerful it is. So you can use it again and again. And yeah, you're right. Just being mindful has helped me in so many ways. I mean, you know, not just in meditation, but just going out in nature and being mindful of what I'm feeling on any, on any given day, just gives me such a feeling of being in control when for so long I was out of control. Exactly. And, it, and it's so beautiful that you said that because, you know, it, it reminds us we have a choice. And so starting to choose to be mindful of ourselves, I mean, because for so long we had to be mindful of our external environment to keep safe, but we can only change our inside world, really. So start to focus inside and pay attention to, you know, what are those thoughts? Because so much of the reason why we feel so crappy about ourselves and unsafe in the world is because we are still fueling those hateful thoughts and beliefs towards ourselves. No one is, you know, standing over you, abusing or criticizing or shaming you anymore. We have taken on the role ourselves. And I mean, that was a huge aha moment for me too, where I was like, no, no, that I'm not going to give the offenders any more space in my mind, I'm going to start to become aware of those ruthless, judgmental thoughts and that I have about myself, so I can shift them and stop them. And so for those that are have a hard time going inwards, like you said, just going for a walk in nature, I, I love just going for walks and being mindful in in nature you can't enjoy and connect with nature without being present in your body. So it's a beautiful way to start to practice. And as you're going for your walk, recognize that there is support that you can trust because each time you put out your foot on Mother Earth, she will meet you. You don't have to doubt her. And if you are you know, ready to explore the next thing would be invite your body to feel the energy and the support that comes up through the bottom of your feet from Mother Earth as you're stepping out there into the world enjoying the support from her. This is important for survivors because much of us, many of us don't have a lot of support and don't know what that feels like or looks like. But this is, we are choosing to focus our mind to what is good and helpful to us, feeling the support, recognizing what's there, and intervene when we are judging or being hard on ourselves. 
I love it. I found such peace in nature. And I mean, I always enjoyed going out for walks and riding my bike and doing some hiking and stuff. Like I've always enjoyed that, but it wasn't until I actually almost kind of forced myself initially to be present and to say, you know what, I'm not going to think about anything else. I'm going to listen to the birds. I'm going to listen to the sound of the, of the ground as I'm walking, you know, listen to the trees rustling when, when a squirrel runs, listen to the wind and the leaves, whatever. And, and, and when you start to just take it all in and not be distracted by anything else, that's when you can really just feel so at peace. And, you know, like I said, it doesn't take a whole lot to really go out there in nature and explore it. And it doesn't mean that you have to be some kind of outdoorsman. It's just go out there and listen and be present and clear your mind. And man, that's just so incredibly helpful. I just, I found so much peace in that. It's just not even funny. (laughs) Beautiful. It works. Oh my God. It does. It does work. So let's, (laughs) yeah. So let's go on to number four, which is express your emotions. This one can be difficult. And I know you, you and I had talked before about um, expressing the emotion of anger in in particular, but let's talk more about how to healthy um, uh, express your emotions when you're moving forward. And we'll be right back with more of my conversation with Svava Brooks. How you doing, my friend? This is Matt, your host right here on Beyond Your Past, a podcast all about helping you move forward from what holds you back. If you enjoy these shows, please consider subscribing and leaving a review. I would so appreciate it. Feel free also to contact me anytime. You can do so via my website, beyondyourpast.com. I'd love to hear from you. And now let's get back to the show. Yes, and this is, you know, a perfect follow-up on the mindfulness because, you know, the discomfort that we avoid um, being present to and for in our body is there is an uncomfortable feeling. And because, again, I keep going back to when we were children, we did not learn that it was safe to speak up about what was happening to us. It was not safe or did anybody model what it looks like to express their hurt. Uh, No one validated and, you know, apologized and held us while we got to cry and talk about the injustice and the betrayal and that someone had, you know, stepped over our boundaries. So this is something that we have been taught for so long to not, don't go there. It's not safe. No one will hear you. No one will honor you. No one will want to support you having your feelings. So it feels incredibly scary in the beginning. But the thing is, your feelings will continue to live in your body. And again, this is where your body is brilliant. So I teach, I use inner child work a lot with your feelings. But if people are uncomfortable with the inner child work, even just recognize where are you holding tension in your body and go to that tension part in your body. And then, um, just with a a mindful breath, go into that tension in your body and recognize what is that tension trying to tell you. And chances are it's anxiety, it's uh, fear, it's worry. Um, And then we go a little deeper. It's like, well, what, what are you anxious about? What are you worried about? And often it's more about not knowing how to feel the feeling than actually feeling our feelings. Yeah, that's such a great point. And once you learn how to feel those feelings, and even though it feels foreign at first, and you know, it feels a little funny, then once you start to embrace that, you're like, wow, this is like a whole new world that I had never even explored before. And then you learn how, yeah, it is like, I found it incredibly helpful, you know, learning to, to identify, to listen, to feel, to express yourself in a healthy way. I mean, and, and to understand that all the emotions you have, 
it's not that they're good or bad. It's, it's just the emotions. And then when you look at them in the non-judgmental way, which of course is part of mindfulness, as you mentioned, that just really helps you learn to help to, uh, to uh, be kind to yourself and to give yourself exactly. a break. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and the thing is, I mean, for so, I mean, this isn't just for survivor. I mean, this is for everybody. Most people are uncomfortable with their, with their feelings and expressing them. I mean, we, we are aware of happy, mad, glad, or sad, right? That seems right. to be like the, the top four, um, or, you know, or angry too. But the truth is, you know, there are so many, there's a huge range of emotion. And this is where I think we as humans are missing out because when we choose to repress all the bad feelings, we also repress our good feelings. We can't choose, right? So when you learn to be present with yourself and become curious and like, I wonder what this feeling is all about. I wonder what this feeling is. And for you to, to be able to name them and feeling, feel them, and we're going to talk about self-compassion in a little bit, and that kind of goes along with mindfulness too, is to be just to accept whatever feeling may be coming up for you, whether it's anxiety, whether it's panic, whether it's helplessness, whether it's you feeling unloved, whether you feel broken or ashamed, you know, how can you allow yourself just for that feeling to come forward in a way that it will actually strengthen you, your resilience, and your capacity to express, you know, more of a range of also the good feelings. It's not just about the bad feelings. It's about the more I learned to express my shame and my sadness, the more I was increasing my capacity for peace and joy and happiness. And the step right before that is changing your negative beliefs. And my God, is, is, is this ever hard? I mean, the toxic beliefs that we have about ourselves, about uh, maybe society, about a, a particular gender or a situation, whatever the case is that, you know, surrounds your, your um, particular past and, and, and the trauma that you went through, those uh, toxic beliefs just hang around and hang around and it's so easy to embrace them. And man, is it ever difficult to try and change that negative belief, but it's so important, right? It is. And it, and it, and it's possible. And I can tell you like that when I understood how to do that piece, that was like a game changer for me because I felt like, what do you mean I can change my thoughts? What do you mean I can change my beliefs? Because I thought I was going to be stuck with this self-loathing, shameful thought that I wasn't good enough, you know, that I wasn't lovable. There was no way I could inherently feel good about myself again. But I found a way to shift it. And, it, and again, the steps that we've taken so far are the setup for you to do this. It's like you, you start to catch those thoughts. And it can feel like incredibly, it feels like needle points sometimes. Like you're every little thought, you're going to pin your, you got to pinpoint the thought that really makes you feel bad. And that's when you start to feel those, you know, your feelings, the bad feelings, you drill it down to what was the thought that made me feel this way? And then when you get the thought, we drill it down by like, where did this thought come from? Is it even the truth? But what did you make it mean? And how are you still living your life out of this story, this belief, this thought, as if it's the truth? You were just a child. But now that you're an adult, guess what? You can choose a different thought about yourself and a different belief about yourself. And again, that's where 
the next step, you know, the self-care, the self-love, the self-compassion, you choose every day instead of that thought that I for so long thought I was stupid. I had to be very intentional to focus on no Svava. You are not stupid. You are smart. You are wise. You are caring. Like, and what does that look like to me being willing to look, you know, live out of that? Look for that evidence. That was really key. And and because we, we don't we can't put our fingers on how to change that. But once you recognize that process, and I love it when my clients have the aha moment there, they're like, oh, wow, I get it now, because it was just a mental exercise. So then when we catch them on a down day, we catch the, the, the hard feeling, we catch the hard, hard thought, then we drill down, this belief is a lie. It's not even truth. Then why are we still living out of it as if it's truth today? So we change it, and then we set up daily, compassionate, kind practice where you focus on who is Fava living out of her wise, wisdom, compassionate living today. I love it. Like I'm getting, I'm getting chills as you're talking right here, Svava, because I'm thinking to myself, mm. you know, when you are, when, when we actually realize that those negative thoughts, those, those uh, toxic thoughts, like we've, we've given them so much power over such a long period of time that it's really all we've ever really believed ourselves. And, you know, how easy is it to say, oh my God, Matt, you're so stupid, you know, you know, do this better or, you know, think Matt, you know, and just really kind of beat yourself up in any situation. And it, it becomes such a habit that you don't even realize you're doing it. But once you start to become aware, which of course goes back to mindfulness, as we've seen all these working together and you, you start to be aware of just how much you are beating yourself up and it just seems like it's such a nonchalant habit, but then you pause and say, wait a minute, no, I'm not stupid. I'm not dumb, you know, and, and I am smart and I am intelligent. And this is just something that I have to work through. And you start to be kind to yourself and you start to see that shift that, that is, that happens in every aspect of your life, not just in trauma recovery, but in your career and in your relationships and, and just the way that you take care of yourself and go about your daily business that that love that self-compassion and changing those beliefs and taking the power away from the toxic negative beliefs and giving the power to the positive reinforcing encouraging ones is just man it's a it's a gigantic breakthrough it really is yeah it is and and the, the beauty here is this is where people will also start to feel hopeful again because they will recognize how powerful this is and then they won't fight the, the hard, painful feelings, like the bad feelings that we've quoted, right? We're like, oh, I don't want to feel my bad feelings. Now we start to recognize when the bad feelings come up, there is a lie underneath this feeling. So it's actually a blessing. It's giving you, you know, your inner child or your body or whatever people are comfortable with working with. This is being brought to your awareness so you can correct it. This, this bad feeling about yourself is telling you, listen, there's a lie in here. It's, it's time, sweet one. You know, any moment of suffering where we feel bad about ourselves is an opportunity for you to reconnect with your truth. And that's kind of what my book is all about. It's like I really help you every day assess, you know, how are we doing with your, our self-care? How are we doing with focusing on our negative beliefs? How are we doing with self-compassion and self-love practice because yes 
it sucks to have to go through some of those negative hard feelings, the pain. But it's like you are honoring your truth anytime you do. And yes, going through the you know, gut-wrenching grief of, wow, I can't believe how much I lost because of this lie. But on the other side of it, you learn to fall in love with yourself again because you realize, oh my gosh, I'm so here and I'm so strong and I'm going to keep fighting and I'm going to make sure every day for the rest of my life is going to be on my terms because I'm going to love my body that has worked so hard for me. I'm going to appreciate my feelings that are trying to show me the truth and I'm going to be compassionate and kind to myself because I've already been beaten up down and been people have been so hard on me and I've been so hard on me on myself long enough it's time it's time to choose loving care and start to focusing on yes Peeling back these layers is hard, but it's also where you really see how incredible human being you are and that you are a gift and a blessing to the world. You are so um, just incredibly powerful when you're sharing this. And you're right. Every survivor, every person is a gift to the world. And no matter what we've been through, it doesn't mean that we're doomed to be stuck, to be miserable, to be alone, to be isolated, to just feel like we are constantly in a state of just reliving all the negativity that's been in our past. And we've talked about so many amazing steps here, um, establishing safety, develop courage, create mindfulness, expressing your emotions, change your negative beliefs, practicing self-care and self-compassion. And the final one, uh, step number seven here is build a support system. And quite frankly, as you have listed here, you just can't do this alone. So reaching out for support is incredibly key. Yes, and it, that's actually when we recognize the importance for human connection is a key to our healing journey um, because that's you, you know, rewiring your brain. You're actually breaking out of the habit and the trauma pattern of isolation and hiding. Your biology is going to want you to do this many, 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 many times, but the first time you do it and each time after you do it, you're actually rewiring your brain. You're creating a new pathway for uh, resilience for you and also for reconnecting with yourself and with other people. And the key as this this, um, process, the steps that we've gone through, I mean, We've said it here a few times, we're not sugarcoating it at all. I mean, this could be really incredibly hard. So it's so important that we have a safe place both to practice um, what this, you know, looks like. And we see, you know, having other people that are doing this alongside you on the journey will speed your healing process by years. You will heal so much faster if you find people that are doing this process alongside you because one day they're helping you, the next day, you know, you're helping them. And it's like you're practicing the neurobiology of self-compassion, of kindness and support and empathy, all the things that we did not know how to do and our body shut down and disconnected from when we were children. But you are in a place now where you're speaking the same language, you are choosing that courageous being willing, willingness to heal and you are recognizing perhaps in others first, 
the, the courage before you start to see it in you. And it is so important that we surround ourselves with, with people that can help us, you know, pick us up when things get really rocky at times and to remind us, you know, when we feel like giving up, that's actually when we're the closest through the breakthrough. That is so true. I know when I first started to reach out for support, it felt a little funny at first. Like, you know, I, I was very timid and I, I didn't know what to expect. But of course, going through all of these steps, as we've talked about, really helps you get to the point where you can reach out and you're, you are helping someone, they're helping you. Somebody is reading your, your words that you're, that you're talking about, you know, perhaps it's in a blog post or in a, in a chat or something, or, and you are, you never know who else you can help just by your own words. You know, it's, and I found that incredibly just amazing to realize that once I started reaching out and telling other people, and I was listening to other people's stories, and I found that people were, were, were benefiting from my insight and my struggle, and I was benefiting from theirs. And it's all this, this very, very um, reciprocal kind of way of healing. And man, is it awesome? Because you're right, even, even if you are working with a helping professional, outside of that weekly call or that weekly office meeting or whatever it is, you still need support. And man, reaching out for help in any way, whether it's a support group, an online chat, a Facebook group, a, you know, blogging, anything. It's just, it's so key and so important because, you know, you weren't, yeah, human beings were not meant to be isolated and alone. We are, we, we are, we are people, we are a, a, a species that wants to, to, to uh, collaborate and to be in relationships and to talk and support and encourage one another. And man, and healing, is that ever so important? So I love what you said here. So I these steps have been incredible. I will be definitely putting them in the blog post in the show notes. But I want to make sure that before we wrap up that we talk about your brand new book that's out because I'm so excited to hear about it. Well, thank you. Um, yes, it actually, it, this is my second book, but this one just came out in, in January. And um, basically, I shared just a little bit earlier, I this, this was these both my books were actually something that I was looking for myself. Like I said, when I recognized what does it look like, what kind of a daily focus on my self care and be paying attention to my thoughts and uh, being aware and kind to myself. What, what are some of the tools that would be helpful for me? Because I am a very and I think most humans we learn by doing right. So I needed a guide and I couldn't find it. I had pulled together some things from, you know, different people, you know, parts from different healing modalities, but I knew I wanted something that I could focus on every single day. So, and that's where the, the book that I just published this January was born. So every day I give you, I call them a little bit of truth um, and for you to focus on. And then they follow up by two questions with, which encourage you to dig deep enough to rediscover you know, what's the truth about what's happening on my healing journey? And I say it really at the end of it, you you will rediscover your beautiful and your authentic self. So the name of the book is Releasing Your Authentic Self. It's a daily guide to help abuse and trauma survivors rediscover themselves. Um, and it's been amazing already just a couple months here, a few months since the book came out. I'm getting some really great uh, feedback. People are loving it. I'm hearing uh, both from therapists who are recommending this book for their clients because 
as a survivor, I put things into words that maybe therapists wouldn't or, you know, they can see their client is struggling with, but I have put it into words so that it helps them to communicate and talk about some of the things that I share in the book and some of the questions, because these aren't yes or no questions. They're actually um, called to a deeper, you know, reflection and, you know, a little bit of mindfulness and really assess, you know, where you could maybe need some more support. And so, and I've also heard from their um, survivors who are taking the book um, and working with their therapist um, with, you know, through the book. So, and the book is available on Kindle and Amazon. So anybody can look up and find it there. And another thing that I'm excited about that I'm doing this year to support the readers of the book is that I'm doing Periscopes. Um, for the readers of the book. And I have a closed Facebook group for people to join if they want to have that support, right? As you are working on your daily journal in the book, you can, in a safe place, with others who are that same day journaling about the very same thing and their experience with it, get some support and feedback as you work your way through the book. So incredible. Both of your books, um, Journey to the Heart and Now, Releasing Your Authentic Self, just such an amazing way for survivors of trauma to approach daily life, to approach their healing journey, to approach the possibilities and the realization of feeling better and not being stuck and understanding that you know you aren't defined by your past and all the negative things that have happened and all the toxic beliefs that have been drilled into your head and that we've been fostering for so long. I love it. As you mentioned, Svava, they're both available on Amazon. I'll be sure and put links to them in the uh, blog posts and in the show notes. And I just want to thank you again for just your incredible message and your your heart for survivors and really helping everybody embrace the realization that we can move forward and that there is hope beyond trauma and that our true authentic selves are not defined by what we've been through, but what we are headed towards into a life of healing and just self-compassion and love. So Svava, you are amazing. I cannot thank you enough for coming back on the show again, and I can't wait to do it again and to share what's, what's, what's new in your life next time. Awesome. Thank you so much, Matt. I always appreciate being here with you and I so appreciate you too, what the work that you're doing in the world. So thank you. Thanks for listening to Beyond Your Past, part of the Mental Health News Radio Network. Information shared on this podcast should not be considered as a substitute for professional medical help or mental health counseling. If you've ever considered working with a certified coach, or if you simply have questions about how working with a coach can benefit you, just head on over to beyondyourpast.com for more information and to schedule your free introductory session. We'll work together to figure out what's holding you back so that you can realize your full potential and discover the authentic you. Remember, you are worth it. Achieving your goals and waking up each day knowing that you can handle what's coming and thrive is something that everyone deserves. So take that first step and contact me today and let's do this. Talk to you soon.